You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Daniel 11.32 says those who know their God, those who know their God, they shall be strong and they shall carry out great exploits. Those who know their God. This is one of the things that you read and you want to pause and ask yourself, do I know my God? Do I know my God? The knowledge of a thing is what determines how much you can benefit from a thing. Ownership is powerful, but knowledge is more beneficial than ownership. Praise the Lord. Thank God, Pastor Mecca is there. I always use him as an illustration. I started having laptop from 1990, but I never knew how to use it. Computer, Pastor Mecca was the one using it. He didn't own it, but he was using it. So I'll buy it. He will use it. After some time, I'll sell, buy another one. He'll continue using. I'll continue buying. I was owner. He was user. Who was enjoying it more? So, knowledge of your God will determine how much you are able to benefit. And no wonder they say those who know their God will be what? Strong, strong. In fact, give us 31, the previous verse of that uh, 31. Go back one verse. Okay. Um, where, where does it say it shall corrupt them with flattery? Okay, 32, sorry. 32, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with what? With flattery. What is flattery? Flattery is giving you information that confuses your judgment. Praise the Lord. It's information. They tell you something, tell you something, and then it confuses your judgment. But those who know they are God will not be flattered. Praise the Lord. They won't be confused. They won't make wrong conclusions. Okay, so we are called to the place where we must desire consciously whatever it takes to see that we know this God that we serve. And like our brother said, Jide said, it is not knowledge by second hand. It is personal. I think Pastor Dave said that also. It is knowledge by a personal relationship. Praise the Lord. And um, one of the things we began to look at our God on Sunday, is that our God is what? Good. And the truth is this, the fact that the God we serve, this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is a good God, is incontestable, is incontrovertible. You can't question it. Our God is good. Let somebody open to Exodus 34. Exodus 34, and um, we'll read verse 5. 6 and 7. It says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, Moses there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. In the scripture, somebody's name tells you who the person is, his character, his, you know, destiny and all of that. And 6 says, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and what? abounding in what? Goodness and truth. Let me read it again. It says, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering 
and abounding in goodness and truth. Seven says, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Praise the Lord. So we see that this God we serve is the first thing they said, described is merciful. Because it takes mercy for the God, this God we say is not our mate, to be able to relate with us. It's like the way you relate to infants. You see, if an adult, you know, was speaking and maybe some speed fell on you, you'll be a bit irritated, you're, you know, you're, but an infant whizz on you, you're laughing. Because you understand the difference between you and that infant. You can measure the distance. Praise the Lord. So you relate accordingly, isn't it? If a child of six years after service now runs, you know, after the church, when the church is over, runs and runs into you, you don't pick up the child and start spanking the child. Rather, you pick up the child and say, be careful, don't fall. Why? Because you know that you know better. He is doing as he knows. So you're relating to him in a way that factors in his understanding. Now, the same way, for God to be able to deal with you and I at all, he has to be merciful. In fact, the Bible says he dwells in light unapproachable. The angels closest to him don't come that close because he's a consuming fire. Praise the Lord. Just his presence alone will destroy. Are we understanding? You see, to understand some of these things, we must look at our physical world. That's why the astronauts that go outside the air, they wear things to survive what is there. The same way for you and I to deal with God, God constrains his, himself. He puts things so that he can relate with us. Praise the Lord. So that is talking about his mercy. He doesn't look at you and expect you to respond at his level. No, he, 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 he makes provisions for you. Praise the Lord. He makes provisions for you and I. Praise God. So merciful and gracious is the same thing. Gracious is what makes you, you write an exam, you score 33, you know, and the teacher makes a mistake and writes 63 instead of 33. Knowing mistake because they're tired of failing you. Praise the Lord. Huh? <laughs> It just, you know, it does, it, it writes the six as if it's three in case, you know, they review and want to sag it, say it was a mistake, but the teacher knows what he's doing. You see, it just dashes you something, you know, so that you can go. Are you getting it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Pastor Nat, you're laughing. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you talk, talk, talk. You're, you don't know. You just have to help the person. You just carry and shift over. Merciful and gracious. Grace for our weaknesses. That's what grace does. Grace fills up our weaknesses. God doesn't always say you must. No, no. Sometimes he just adds grace. Praise the Lord. That is this God we serve. And then he says long-suffering. It means he's patient. Like our brother said, while we're yet sinners, ideally if salvation were by some of us, you know, and we were compelled to be that good, then the condition will be that the first moment you know left from right, good and evil, if you don't give your life to Christ, you die. But our God, which some people give their lives to Jesus at 95 years, and their sins of 95 years are forgiven. Some of us who are God, we won't forgive sins that are more than 15 years. Ah, Haba. 
You have seen one year, two years, three years. After 15, we lock. The thing will freeze. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But God is patient. Praise the Lord. The man continues. You know, you know they said a gray hair is the evidence of wisdom. The man in his gray hair is still foolish. God is still waiting. Hospital bed when there is no teeth. When he can't even really sin again. God will just forgive him. Why? Because it's what? Long-suffering. He's a good God. Praise the Lord, somebody. And then when he gets to goodness, he says he abounds what? In goodness. That's the God we serve. Praise God. And, and, and this we're learning is very important. You, you take it in and ask the Holy Spirit to impress it into your soul, into the deepest part of your being, that God abounds in goodness. You know why? We've learned here the root of every failure during the hour of temptation is that God is not good to you. No person fully convinced walking in the full revelation and conviction that God is good to him will fail in any temptation. The reason Joseph did not fail his temptation was that he believed that even though his brother sold him as a slave, God was good to him. And that's not easy. It's not, it's not an easy place to be. Because all he needed to fall was if he said, if God were good to me, my brothers would not have what? Sold me. Why should he allow them sell me? Now I'm in Potiphar's house and I'm serving, I'm doing my best. And God has not also deemed it fit to do what? To give me my freedom. As a slave, for him to have served to the point where he becomes the steward of the house. That's like the um, uh, chief of staff of Pontifanel. The one that everybody sees. For him to serve to that level, the option could have been his freedom. Are you getting what I'm saying? So for him not to get freedom, and then the wife comes to test. At that point, he could have concluded God may be good, but God is not good to Joseph. And he would have failed the temptation. But for him to say, I cannot commit this sin against who? Against God. It meant that in his judgment and conclusion at that hour, he was still saying God is what? Good to Joseph. Praise the Lord. So our God is abounding in goodness. We must never allow the enemy, no matter what happens to us. And that's where we have to, you know, begin to look at what we learned on Sunday. Things may happen to us that might me, you know, make us imagine that God is not good to us. No, this understanding should, you know, overshadow every experience, everything we are going through. Okay, one of the things when we are praying last night, one of the things that came to us is that God, you see, is multidimensional. Praise the Lord. God has many sides, and God is big. Okay. God is big. God is very wise. God is very great. God has so many things. Some time ago, I can't remember what exactly, but I was praying. And God said to me, if you're praying now, if I'm praying now, the, the things I consider, you know, my father, my mother, my brother, my sister, isn't it? My if you want to go very far, my country, Nigeria, isn't it? Uh, who are they? When you consider all of that and all that consideration, when you put it in perspective of time, you say by December, 2019, Abby. So if they put your time frame, you're talking of one year or nine months, okay? 
Or maybe your children, let Nigeria be good until you... When you, they finish all the factors you're considering, maybe 20 years, maybe uh, uh, 200 million people. But do you know what God considers in making a decision? Eternity past. Eternity to come. He considers the promises he made to Abraham. He considers what he said to David. He considers everything... And he considers what is yet to come. All these factors, everything that you pray, everything that you experience, must be processed through it. So now, let's go back to uh, Joseph and see what is happening here. When Joseph cried to the Lord, Lord, I've honored you in Potiphar's house. Free me, let me go. God says, I've freed you. Praise God. But the next one year, he's still there. Next five years, he's still there. Next ten years, he's still there. Then instead of being freed from Potiphar's house to go home, he's freed into the prison. Now, let me jump because that's not our study tonight. Joseph himself said to the brothers, don't worry, God has brought me in to know what he was doing. While you meant it for evil, God what? Meant it for good. To preserve for you this day a posterity. So Joseph's life of let's say 80 years was so important to him. And he, that was the thought. But God was looking at the word he said to Abraham. Your descendants shall be slaves in a foreign land for what? 430 years. God was looking at preserving a people, bringing them in into Egypt and keeping them. And for the door of their deliverance, and then Moses will rise, and then there will be a David, and then his son will come through that nation. Can you imagine all the factors that God was thinking? And then if you narrow God down to your petty little situation, you will almost conclude it's not good. That's what it is. So when we say some of this, we must allow him to be God. Praise God. We must. We must. We must. You just, we just have to stand, you know, stand aside and let him be God. So, so he says, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands. But now all these things, the Bible reminds us, his ways are not our ways. And that's where faith comes in. Faith is not explanation. Praise the Lord. Faith is a judgment. God is good. Hallelujah. You see, the um, Islamic extremists, they will judge us. Because these people are there, they are telling them, go and kill yourself, you'll get 75 virgins. But the man who is sending them, doesn't he want the virgin? He hasn't gone. But the people are still going. You know why? They believe what he's saying. The, the wayo is clear. The 419 is koro koro in their eyes. Praise the Lord. And I wonder what they tell the women that kill themselves. You never thought about that, right? The knowledge of God, we must be willing to allow him turn us either way. And to begin to help us understand this thing, let's see it from this way. In, in the Lord's prayer, our Lord Jesus Christ taught us to pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven you know why that prayer is prayed that way because god in heaven his will is done perfectly and that's why like um, pastor dave read on sunday we saw in revelation 21 in heaven there is no tear 
No cry, no pain, no death, no sorrow. You know why? Because in heaven, only God's will is done. You want an answer for why there is destruction and pain and all of that in our world today? Simple answer is that it's not only God's will that is done. You know, I had issues with that until the Spirit of the Lord said to me, why should you pray that it will be done on earth if it's already done automatically? The thing is that his counsel will prevail, but times and seasons will occur. It's not like in Nigeria. This is not God's will for Nigeria now. It's not God's will. Romans 12 verse 2 we looked at. It said that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and what? Perfect will. The thing is that God never loses sleep because it's all powerful. Praise God. So at any point in time, when he says I'm ready, he will do what he wants to do. But seasons, people will lose their destinies. And because God is eternal, he can wait for everything to finish and he will start. Do you read your Bible, right? The children of Israel, when they murmured, when they said we are not able to go into this land, you know what God did? He just waited. 40 years. He didn't kill them. They were just dying. When he looked and there was none of them, he said, hey, come, let's go. Let me take you into that place. God did not add one second. He didn't get older. He's ancient of days, but he doesn't change. Do you understand what I'm saying? So these are things we begin to learn about God. So I said here that the, that the God we serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and is a good God, is incontrovertible. But that he's also grossly misunderstood. It's so, so clear. And that's why that scripture that says, those who know their God. Many of us, many believers don't know our God. He's misunderstood. People think him to be what he is or what he's not. People imagine all kinds of things. There's, you know, ignorance of God and most often willing ignorance. Like um, uh, uh, the instance um, Pastor Lord referred to Genesis 4. Let's open to Genesis 4. You see the man came. Okay, Genesis 4, 3, 8. You can take, take it as a no. Genesis 4, 3, 8. The Bible says, Cain brought an offering. Abel brought an offering. God had respect for Abel's offering. God did not have respect for Cain's offering. Okay? Now, because God did not respect Cain's offering... Cain's countenance, you know, went down. And God said to him, Cain, what is the problem? Why are you downcast? What is the problem? He said, if you do well. Did you see Cain say, what is well? Did you hear him say, how do I do well? It means he knew what well was. And he warned him, he said, be careful, what? For sin lies at your door and this desire is for you. He says, some translation says, crouching. Some says he wants to jump on you. Didn't God tell him? Didn't he hear? Verse 8 says what? He killed the brother. That means he opened the door and said to sin, let's do it. Let's do it. That's what he said. And brethren, what is written in Genesis is pictorial of many people in our time. Don't we have people that go and marry someone that they know God said don't marry? Clearly. You know that you know that you know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But because you think God is good. Now, I wish I had time. Where you go home, look at that story. You see, God can never do you evil. God can never intend evil for you. But you see, in Genesis 1, 26, 27, 28, it said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, 
and over all the creeping things that creep it on the earth. Okay? So, you have dominion over God's earth. God created you in his image. When God wants the best for you, you can decide to choose the worst for yourself. That's how evil comes. If God keeps you from choosing evil by force, he has betrayed Genesis 1.26. You're no longer in his image. Being in the image of God means you have the right to choose whatever you want. Evil came into the world in Genesis 3 because man chose evil. In fact, that scripture, please put it, 28. Look at the last part. Over all the earth and over what? Every creeping thing that creeps. In particular, they emphasize that as if they knew Satan will come as serpent. So you're told you have dominion over the creepy, creepy. And then he comes and tells you to go and eat what God said you should do eat and you eat. Why didn't you catch it and, and beat it very well? Who are you, little this thing, to tell me what to do when God has spoken to me? If you willingly choose what God said you shouldn't choose, God can't stop you from suffering. Let nobody deceive you. Because God is not the only actor in this world again. Praise the Lord. God created a beautiful world. Genesis 1, the last verse. And everything was very good. Verse 28 of chapter 1. The Bible says, God blessed man. God blessed them. And said to them. How does God bless? He blesses by speaking. So God blessed man by speaking to them. Now if you go to Genesis chapter 2. When God was going to warn them about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Bible didn't say he didn't just speak, he commanded. That's why if you read the scriptures, if you read Deuteronomy, when they talk about blessings of obedience, it's not as much as the causes for disobedience because they don't want you to disobey. Are you getting it? He blessed man and said to them, when he came to the one that could cause trouble, when you go to your car, and you go to your utensils in the house. Where do you see bright red? They say warning. Is it not what can kill you? Mm-hmm. The ones that are for you to enjoy the appliance, they will write it in small, small letter. Because they don't want you to be killed or destroyed or be hurt by that equipment. That's the same thing God did. In 128, he blessed them and said to them, when he came to the one that could destroy them, he commanded them. He didn't just say to them, you know, I don't think it's a good idea to eat from the fruit of that tree. No. He commanded them because he knew the consequence. Now, in Genesis chapter 3, this man, Adam and, and Eve and the wife that God made, took what God said and threw it away. At that point, didn't they have dominion? They had dominion. So what they chose came to be. So if you read that place, it's actually the serpent that God cursed. He said to the serpent, go to Genesis chapter 3, you see what is happening there. It was in Genesis chapter 3 that God said to the serpent, Genesis 3, okay, let, let me read from 13 now. And the Lord God said, Genesis 3, 13, and the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Immediately, God turned away from the woman and turned to the serpent and said to the serpent, because you have done this, what? You are cursed more than all cattle, more than every beast of the field on your belly because you have done this. Now, when it came to Adam, let me show you what God said to Adam. In verse 17, God said to Adam, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, 17, and eating from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. What did he say? He said, Cursed is the ground for your sake. Why? This is the choice you have made for the ground. Christianity does not absolve your responsibility for the choices you make. 
You know, it's amazing how people like where they go to. And they just prophesy. They just bless them. The prophecy and the blessing that does not help you make right choices is a waste of your ear. It's better you don't even hear. <laughs> Month of overtake. Forget all that nonsense. Listen, the Bible said, while the earth remained, seed time and what? The reason you come to God, you come to church, is to make better choices. As you know God, oh Lord, help me. Do you understand what I'm saying? So many people are being deceived. They think God is a magician. No, he's not a magician. He's the mighty God. But he's guided by principles. Genesis, Bible scholars tell us, is the book of principles. He said, if you do well, if you do well. So there's a doing that generates God's response. What you can be sure is just like your GPS for those who use GPS in their vehicle. No matter where you are, if there is still battering your car, the GPS will keep redirecting you. If you like, keep going opposite ways. It will keep, God in his mercy will keep redirecting you until that day where the Bible says he's appointed unto man, wants to die, and thereafter what? Judgment. So there is suffering, there is pain, there is all of that in the world. Why? Because God has involved man. God has involved man. And the more our people align to do God's will, the better their world will be. So when God actually says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven. He's actually saying they will now reap the reward of doing what I said to do. It's not that he will overpower. Knowledge of God. So many have grossly misunderstood God. Grossly. You know, a few weeks ago, we learned that God is not partisan. Faith is not partisan. Arsenal and Man you are playing, and you think God will support Man you. God supports all of them, depending on what your coach features. Do you understand? Praise the Lord. If the commander of the heavenly host will say to Joshua, Joshua is going to fight uh, Jericho. Jericho are not people of the covenant. Joshua is the leader of the army of Israel. If the commander will say to him, I'm not on anybody's side, you think he will support Nigeria against Ghana? He's on everybody's side. Nay. Or rather, he's not on anybody's side, sorry. But when you come on his side, then he now becomes on your side, or he now comes to your side. Praise the Lord. Why am I saying this? The knowledge of God that does not lead you Back to where we started. Reverence of God is not true knowledge of God. The knowledge of God that does not lead you to total submission to his will is not a true knowledge of God. You know, one of the things they say to us about the end times, that knowledge will increase. But isn't it the one that when they said knowledge would increase, they also said iniquity will abound. You know why? Because that knowledge that is increasing is not the genuine knowledge of God. Because the true knowledge of God will bring compliance to God's will. And when there is compliance to God's will, iniquity cannot abound. So it will be a type of knowledge, a type of godliness that what? Denies the power. So where people study the Bible and use scriptures as weapons, but they don't use it on themselves. So you know people that will quote scripture. You know people that can share the word of God. You know people that can do all kinds of things. But you look at their lives, you can't see fruit. Because, see, the thing about fruit, sir, is that no matter how you try to do it, you can't take mango fruit and gum to a tree that didn't bring it out. How will you tie it? Where you see fruit is evidence that something happened in the root. And it traveled through the system. 
and went through. That thing confuses me. Which one is stem? Which one is the body? The stem. Uh-huh. If something, it didn't come from the side. You can't inject something on the stem and it will bring fruit. It has to come from inside and then manifest from the branches. That's what it is. Anybody can make noise. Anybody can. But the fruit, they can't force it. So knowledge, don't be moved by knowledge. Attend Bible school, but Bible school won't make you know God. What you can be sure is that it will puff you up a bit. Because they'll teach you some Greek and Hebrew. And you know some things you, you wouldn't really need to know. Praise the Lord. That's why they said they wanted to show a picture of me graduating. I said, don't show it before people think I'm who I am because of Bible college. No, it's the fear of the Lord that is the being of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is what? An illiterate that fears God will know God more than a doctor of theology. So they said, iniquity will abound. And then they also said, knowledge will abound. So our world is the way it is because God from the beginning said, let man have dominion. But the confidence and the beauty we have now is that as redeemed children, praise the Lord, we are told in John chapter 1, as many as received him, he gave them what? The power to become children of God. So you and I don't just exist as the first man or the fallen man. We are existing as children of the most high God. Then we now have authority superior to what the natural man has. Praise the Lord. That's the advantage we have. That's why we can, we can be told, whatever things you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever things you allow is allowed. Whatever things you disallow is disallowed. Why? Because what is happening now is that God is finding people and says, I will back you up. I will back you up. I will back you up. That's what happened in the kingdom of Babylon. When Daniel and his friends got in there, they were doing all they were doing. And God saw some young men that wanted to do his will. God backed them up. So that when they were tested, the Bible says they were found what? Ten times better, not in the exam, than their teachers. How could such a thing happen? Because the Spirit of God infused them and said, I support this one. This is how I want it to be. And for their lives, those boys ruled over Babylon, even though Nebuchadnezzar was king. Because where a child of God is, God rules through him. He becomes what God intended. Darkness with length here cannot quench light. So when people tell us in our nation now that you don't know the office somebody's, no matter the office, it was a house girl that they used to save Naaman. If that house girl was in the house and lazy and always complaining, always murmuring, if he comes to say to the madam, madam, there's one prophet, slap, I. You can imagine the type of life, the light that would have been shining through that house girl. That when she spoke to the madam about her, the first place would have been, who told you he even has leprosy? Eh? Who told you? You know, that, that's what you would have seen. Who t- Praise the Lord. God is grossly misunderstood by believers. After Jesus' resurrection, the disciples, two disciples on the way to Emmaus, he was walking with them and they were still sad. He said, ought not the Christ to have suffered? Now, what their problem was, was this. The Christ has come. He must not suffer. But this is what is written concerning him. You see, I don't understand how people can fight against scripture. Meanwhile, it's the same scripture that brought your salvation. It's like deciding you want to drive a car, but you don't like tires. I want everything in my car white. I don't like black tires. Remove them. Now, it says, oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. Believe in what? In all. Underline all in your Bible. That's the problem many believers have. 
They don't believe in all. They believe in the ones they like. The ones they can claim. The word of God that speaks a blessing and it comes to pass. When he speaks a warning, it will also come to pass. That's Christianity. That's believing God. Okay? That's believing God. That's the knowledge of God. So many believers, they misunderstand God. They ignore him. And some, they are not even interested in studying his ways. The Bible says, Psalm 103, actually from one very interesting down, when you go home, read it above verse 7. It says he made known his word, his acts to the children of Israel. But his ways, he made known to Moses. Moses has seen, this is how God acts. So God can lead you for three days without water. It's not that he doesn't know. He's only testing you. Now, anybody here who knows is undergoing a test that purposely decides to fail. Isn't it if you know you're going through a test, you want to what? Wow them. Isn't it? How many believers are here? We're all believers, isn't it? What you're going through now is a test. Why don't you determine to wow God? Why don't you just be praising him instead of murmuring? Just be praising him. Hallelujah. You know, another person's exam is always easy. Cancel yourself. Take yourself to counseling. Take yourself to Pastor You. Praise the Lord. Book appointment. Go and meet Pastor You. Just imagine what Pastor You would have told you in your situation. It's a test. That's what Moses found out. Which of the children of Israel suffered what Moses suffered? But he had come to know that this is God's ways. After you have suffered a while, what will he do? He will perfect you. Establish you, strengthen you, and what? Settle you. So trials mean what? Triumph is coming. That's what it is. So you're going through trial now. Why mom and complain and say, oh, 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 it is finished? No. Just say to yourself, I know God's ways. Okay? Learn from this. After he has tested me, what will happen? I will comfort as God. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. That's what it is. But you see, we refuse to learn him. But we learn every other thing. We learn shaku shaku. They say, is it like they say, you're not getting it. <laughs> then you move, you change again. Learn God. Praise the Lord. Learn him. Learn his ways. Learn his ways. Okay? Learn his ways so you can grow in the knowledge of God. Praise the Lord. Okay? Another interesting one is that many of us often try to manipulate God. And the example I have for that is a very funny one. It's Saul. King Saul. God gave King Saul an instruction. He said, go 1 Samuel 15. He said, go completely annihilate the Amalekites for me because I have some grouse with them that dates back before you. And the Bible says Saul went and defeated the Amalekites. But he took the king, Agag, and then he took, you can start from 7 down to 9. He took King Agag, he took some oxen, he took some of this. You know why he did what he did? Not that he didn't know what God said. In those days, when you went to war, okay, and returned as a king, the people that didn't go to war, the only way they know you triumphed is that you lead captivity captive. You have to come back and bring evidence that you defeated. So you have to have some mighty men, you know, that are bound following you like this, like good. Do you understand? So Saul calculated, if I kill all these people, and kill their gold, kill their rats, kill everything. When I come back, my fame won't go up. So he decided to obey God and stop at a point. So that he can bring back Agag. At least one person. He's not bringing back more. He brings back their king. That's why God said to him, Does the Lord have as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As in what? Hearkening to the voice of the Lord. He knew what God wanted. 
And many of us today, we know what God wants. God would rather you don't disobey him and make that money. But you tell God you make that money and pay tithe. For those who pay tithe. You make that money and sow seed. You can't do that to God now if you know him. Do you understand? You can't do that. You can't try that. But that's what many believers do. Attempting to manipulate God with your good works. You know this man is not God's people. Lord, after I marry him, you know my problem had always been, you know, men, men. But when I marry him, then I'll be focused. Then I will serve you. You know, that choir, that usher, that thing. I will do it. I will, Lord. And God is looking at you like this. Am I in need? Do you understand? He said, has the Lord what? As great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obey. People of God, when you know God, you know God wants you to obey him first. He wants you to obey him second. He wants you to obey him third. That's all he needs. That's Christ To obey him. Now, obey him might involve serving him. Obey him might involve bringing your money, bringing your tithe, bringing your special pledge. But obey is what he wants. Not to disobey and tell him, God, you know my ways. How many of us know the, um, the Wadume kidnapper, the Taraba kidnapper? They said the people in his village, where he lives, they're not happy with this arrest. Though. The man is very generous. He has built houses. He, buy, he has bought cars. They said when he comes to where they are selling tea, that Meshai place, he said he buys double egg and meal for everybody. Maybe some that would have been drinking a Lipton. He just so, they're not happy. You know why? He sacrificed, even though he's kidnapping, he's, he's generous. That's what they said. That's man. You understand? That's why we must understand that God is not a man. That's man. Men will say, well, he's a thief, but he's a thief. You know your thief doesn't steal from you. Your thief, not a thief in your midst. Too. Mm-hmm. So many churches are condoning thieves because they are their thieves. They steal and they bring. But that is simply implies they don't know God. Praise the Lord somebody. So as we try to round up, our time is long gone. The goal of every Christian should be simple. To make every effort, every day of his life, to get to know God better. Every day you live. Our dad said something. He said, anytime he's listening to a preacher or any program, he says, he's saying, let me know something of God that I didn't know to add to what I knew before. That's why, for me now, you know, Christian programs, when I put, when the man just comes and starts all that prophesying, I just change it. I don't have... God loves me more than you love me. Speak truth. Let me know God. When I know God, I will align with his blessing. Do you understand? No, I, I, I made a choice. I didn't go to native doctor. You know, native doctors don't give instructions. They just ask you for a few things. When you give it to them, they do the sacrifice for you. And they tell you it will happen. Don't drink oil. Don't eat okra. Don't, what are the things they say? Somebody that goes, help me. <laughs> That used to go, yes, now. That used to, thank you, mommy. That used to. Mm-hmm. But no, no, not with God. Everything about God is instruction. Everything. He sees a man that is bedridden for 38 years. He says, rise up, take up your bed. If that man had been waiting for something to win, to blow on him so that he would get up, he would have still been there up to today. Everything about God. God's son is the reverse. It's instruction. It's instruction. Praise the Lord. So the believer... Every day of your life, what do you want to do? You want to know God better. Why do you want to know him better? Simple. Please, if you're taking note, take it. That you may cooperate better with him. 
The blessing of God is better cooperation. That you may cooperate better. That's it. Hosea 4.6. It says what? Let's read it to everybody. It says, my people are what? Destroyed. Why? Because they don't know me. That one is for me. He's talking to the priest. He said, it's all your fault, you priest. For you yourselves refuse to know me. Therefore, I refuse to recognize you as my priest. Since you have forgotten my Lord. The people are destroyed because they don't know God. What I pray, I pray for God to bless you. I pray for husband for you. I pray for fruit of, I pray for, but above all of that, I pray that you know God because nothing will bless you like the knowledge of God. Nothing. Malachi 2.7, the same, I leave the same translation, the living Bible. Malachi 2.7. Let's read it, everybody. This is still talking to me also, but read it. It said, priest's lips should what? Flow with the knowledge of God. So the people will do what? Learn God's laws. This is what he's to do. You might not enjoy it. So services, pastors like us, don't, you might not enjoy them. Many people don't enjoy it. They prefer the ones that say, I feel good, I feel good, I feel good. Praise the Lord. But the job of the priest is to make you know God. And when you know God, you will experience good. You won't just feel good. You will experience good. Praise the Lord, somebody. So tonight we're going to rise on our feet. We're going to rise and we're going to pray. And what is our prayer? That we will know him, we will cooperate with him, so that his will will be done in me, for me, and through me. That's what the knowledge of God does. When you know God and you cooperate with him, just like Joseph, he was blessed, <laughs> praise the Lord, and through him, a posterity was blessed. That's the powerful thing about the knowledge of God. He takes care of you. And he makes you a blessing. These are men that I envy. Men like Joseph. Men like David. I covet their anointing. I covet their testimony. I love what David said. The Bible says of David. He said David served his generation according to the will of God. Please, if you pray for me, that is what I want you to pray for me. Not that I become a rich man. Not that, no. That Ike no Keke will serve this generation. This generation of Christians. This generation of Nigeria. According to the will of God, then I will sleep. That will be enough. I want you to pray for yourself. Lord, I want to know you so that your will will flow through me. So that your cancer will prosper through me. So that you will, you will find me a man, a boy, a girl that you can walk through. This is my desire. I want to know you better. I want to be a vessel that you walk through. I want to be your representative. Lord, you gave us authority. You gave us dominion. But man fell. But now you have restored us. You have redeemed us in Christ Jesus. You have said we are seated in heavenly places. Far above principalities and power. Lord, tonight I come to you. And I'm asking that your hand will be upon me. That you would open my eyes. That I may know you know you, know you, know you. The apostle Paul cried to the Lord. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Lord, I'm asking for myself. I want to know you. This is eternal life. He said this is eternal life that they may know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ, your son. Today, Lord, as a church, let us be an assembly of boys and girls, young and old, men and women. Lord, who know you? Married or married? Single or whatever? Whatever situation, let us be found to know our God. Lord, in this nation, 
in this season, in this time, oh Lord, in this generation of Christianity, Lord, we are asking, open our eyes that we may see you, that we may know you as you are. We sang the song of Isaiah, I see the Lord, I see, Lord, let me see you. That's why we began today by declaring his greatness. Our God is mighty. Our God is awesome. Our God is big. Our God is powerful. Our God does awesome things in righteousness. There is none that compares to him. Child of God, there is no circumstance, no situation our God can handle. But he's big and there's so many things he's doing. Lord, I want to know you so I can fit into your agenda seamlessly. Seamlessly. Lord, that I may be a vessel that you walk through. Lord, if you did that through Joseph, he may not have understood. Lord, tonight I'm saying, help me. Give me patience. Give me confidence. Give me assurance so that I can cooperate with you in what you're doing for me and through me. Child of God, some things you're going through are much beyond you. Joseph was one man in the scripture that was not faulted in one area, yet he suffered. Lord, what I'm going through, could it be that it's the purpose you want to bring out of me that is taking me through the trials that I'm going through? The Bible tells us of Zacharias and Elizabeth. He said this couple were blameless, yet they had had no child until their old age. Why? Because of the purpose of God. There was a, there was a John the Baptist that was to be birthed through them. That had to be birthed six months before Jesus. These are so many factors that if you know him, then you can enter into rest. Lord, we want to know you as a people. Lord, we want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you. Lord, we want to know you. Lord, help us, oh Lord. Help us, oh Lord. Help us, our Father. Help us, our Father. Lord, that your will we, we talked about Romans 12 too. Tonight, I want you to desire his perfect will. Many of us are somehow in the will of God. But I want you to, be, to, to increase your faith tonight. Lord, it is, it is possible. Because your, the, the, the word of God says, For it is you that walks in me, both to will and to do. Lord, by your spirit, please walk in me. So that from tonight, I can be closer to your perfect will. I don't want to live trial and error. Lord, I want to be closer to your perfect will. For in that place, there is peace. In that place, there is joy. In that place, there is prosperity. In that place, there is righteousness. In that place, there is beauty. In that place, there is excellence. Your perfect will, O oh Lord. Help me, O oh Lord. I receive a spirit of obedience. A spirit of yieldedness. A spirit of surrender. So that in me, O oh Lord, my God, your perfect, perfect, perfect will, good, acceptable, and perfect will, will be established. Father, we thank you. We give you praise, O oh Lord. Just lift your hands up, pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, behold your children. You have spoken your word to them. You said the words that you speak to us that are spirit and life. Let those ones not remain the same. He said, let him that glories, glory in this. That he knows you. That he understands you. That you are the Lord. Exercising loving kindness, righteousness, and judgment upon the earth. Lord, something greater than riches, give to these ones. Something greater than worldly wisdom, give to these ones. Lord, let these ones become instrumental. To your agenda here on earth in their families 
in their workplaces. Make them answers. Make them solutions. Lord, as you promised in your word, those who know their God shall be strong. Let these ones be strong in the name of Jesus. And let great exploits be carried out by them and through them and for them. Thank you, Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise the Lord, somebody. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenaokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.